Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I am your host, Peter. And I am your co-host, Phoenix. And today we are reviewing Coming to America, a 1988 comedy starring Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Pampered Prince Akeem of Zamunda comes to Queens, New York with his royal sidekick to find a true love bride. All right, let's get it. Okay, this movie is directed by John Landis. Uh, are you familiar with him at all? Yeah, I think he was a director of a music video, is that right? Yeah, he directed um, Thriller, a video you're familiar of, and also Black or White. Uh, so two Michael Jackson music videos. He's done some other comedies, too, that I don't think you've really seen yet. Uh, he's done one of my favorites, um, Three Amigos. Uh, which maybe we will review one day. Um, let me see. He's also done uh, an American Werewolf in London, um, but this one is probably the only one you've seen. As we mentioned earlier, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are in the movie. Eddie Murphy plays Prince Akeem, who is the lead actor. Arsenio Hall plays his sidekick, Semi. James Earl Jones plays the king, who's also the father to Prince Akeem. Uh, John Amos is his employer, Mr. McDowell, who owns McDowell's. Uh, Madge Sinclair is the queen. And Sherry Headley, she is the love interest in the movie. Are you familiar with any uh, any of those actors and actresses? Yeah, James Earl Jones, he was a, a pretty famous voice actor, is that right? Not just a famous voice actor, he is a famous actor too. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, really known for uh, doing voices, uh, Darth Vader in Star Wars and also doing uh, Mufasa in The Lion King. So he is really well known for those. Uh, you saw he made an appearance on uh, Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago, but um, he's done a lot of movies. Uh, anybody else there? Um, well, yeah, definitely Eddie Murphy. Yeah? You're, okay, yeah, you're familiar with him. He's definitely still uh, doing a lot of things, a lot of projects. Um, so, Arsenio Hall, you don't know? No. Okay, so he, he was uh, he was big in the 80s, too. He, um, I, I believe he actually has his own show now, but he had a show back in the, uh, the late 80s, early 90s uh, that was also popular. Um, so, this movie came out in 1988. Again, it's a comedy. Um, Prince Akeem goes to basically the the U.S. trying to find a bride there. Uh, so in the beginning of the movie, we get the introduction of the royal family. Uh, we meet Ohan, and he is uh, walking down the hallway going to go uh, wake up Akeem. He finds out, or he remembers that it's his 21st birthday and asks that he bathe himself. Um do you have any thoughts on this opening scene? Obviously, um, like what I said in the beginning, he's pretty much very pampered that he doesn't even you know take a bath or a shower himself. Right. He's greeted by rose bearers. Um, basically, wherever he walks, they are to to precede him and and um, you know throw these uh, petals of roses in front of him so he can walk on them. Um, so, and when he's getting dressed, he, he has like all these people just standing there, uh, holding 
you know, a different type of attire to, to, to dress him. When he's brushing his teeth, he even has a guy to brush his teeth. Another guy come in to, uh, you know, massage his uh, Adam's apple so he can gargle. So uh, very much pampered here. Um, let me see what else. And then you know we have the you know s- scene where he's getting bathed by uh, you know some women, and you know this movie is rated R, and this is one of the reasons there is a you know a, a scene of nudity here. It's it's pretty brief. It's not long uh, by any means. I mean, uh, Titanic had a much longer nudity scene in that. Uh, so this is definitely one scene. You know if it's if you're watching with younger kids and, you know, obviously I'm saying this to parents. If you guys have an issue uh, with, uh, you know, your your child watching anything with nudity, this is probably the only scene that you really need them to close their eyes. You know, Phoenix is 13 and he's seen Titanic, so I, I didn't think this was an issue at all. So that is one of the, uh, the parental guidance uh, thing for it being rated R. You know, there's a line drop, your royal penis is clean, your highness. You know, I'd hope your kids know that word by then. So I didn't find it offensive. Um, again, this guy's pampered and, and he, you know, apparently he's got people cleaning every crevice of his body. Uh, but quick scene, so we don't really need to get into details about that. Um, after, so he gets ready and then uh, now he's having breakfast with, uh, with his family. What are your thoughts on this scene? On the dinner scene or the bath scene? The the breakfast. <laughs> All right. So um, the breakfast scene, I didn't I didn't have too much thoughts on okay. it. Just that um, it made me think that there should have been a uh, more people sitting at the table than just those three, as far apart as they were. Yeah, I, I get what you mean by that, but it, it is just them three in the family and they're having breakfast. So I, I can't imagine them, you know, having or sharing breakfast with any anybody that works for them and. They didn't seem to have that much of an extended family. So it is just the three. But uh, what I do take from it is that uh, they probably don't socialize in person very often. Uh, they The table is super long. You know, you can pro- probably fit like 20, 30 people at that table alone mm-hmm. um, easily. But yeah, they're using an intercom on each end of the table. The parents are at one end and uh, Prince Akeem is uh, at the other. And they're using an intercom to communicate and he's kind of like, mm, you know, at this point, I feel that him reaching the age of 21, he wants to be a little bit more independent. And this is kind of one of the first signs, you know, aside from him wanting to, uh, you know, get ready on his own in, you know, th- this morning when he woke up. So he, instead of continuing to communicate via the intercom, he gets up and walks down that way. And again, with the, him being pampered, his father, you know, kind of stops him and summons the rose bearers to come, you know, toss the uh, roses in front of him as he walks. So he gets down there and one of the comments the, the king says is, you've grown a mustache. So obviously he hasn't seen his son in some time because um, a mustache, you know, depending on the person, it does not grow that quick. And Eddie Murphy is kind of that mustache is pretty iconic to him kind of like tom Selleck. i don't know if you know that name but uh eddie murphy without his mustache is kind of it's kind of rare and it looks almost weird just he needs to have that mustache but uh so the king has noticed that he's grown a mustache and they kind of talk um about they talk about 
him wanting to do things on his own. He wants to find his own wife. And uh, this is where uh, Sammy enters, and you obviously get that he's, you know, quite the butt kisser. He's talking about how nice the day is and telling the queen how lovely she looks, or that he he was telling her mom, uh, or his mom, you know, how how pretty she is and such. Um, but he is there to take Prince Akeem for his daily workout. Uh, and basically what that consists of, they're in a big room. It kind of reminded me of the Matrix where the room, uh, where Neo and Morpheus are, are, uh, um, kind of sparring basically. But, uh, so Prince Akeem and Semi, they are, you know, kind of discussing how he wants to find his own bride. And Semi is, you know, basically against it. You know, with tradition, he's saying, you know, that there is a, uh, a girl that's you know born, raised, and bred, basically to to love you, to take care of you, to be your queen. Why are you gonna go through the hassle of uh, finding your own bride? And then the next scene, we get this uh, very big ceremony where Akeem is gonna meet his bride to be. So they have this traditional dance where. Um, there's just a bunch of people, and apparently, again, this being directed by John Landis, the dance is is a, a very sped up version of the thriller. And I've yet to go back and watch and and even look for the moves, but you know, I'm sure that's a really nice Easter egg in there. Uh, so we get to meet Colonel uh, Izzy and his daughter Imani. Ohan sings uh, this song um, a cappella. And I don't know if it's got a title, but it's it's the one about the you know the queen to be Imani. She's you know slowly walking up, and everyone's kind of uh, Sammy's looking at Akeem. It's like, oh, you know, she's really pretty, and he just has this look, kind of like, yeah, you know, this this isn't what I want. So Prince Akeem basically interrupts. The ceremony in the middle of uh, Ohan singing and asks uh, Imani into the next room just so they can have a little talk. And while they're in this room, he kind of just asks her a few questions to get to know her a little bit. He asks her if she has a favorite food. She says yes. And it's uh, basically everything he asks, she says that yes, she has an answer for, but they're whatever he likes. So she cannot even think on her own to give her own uh, opinion on, you know, the questions being asked. And he's just kind of, you know, kind of amazed at this. So he's like, so anything you say, I'll do. She says yes. And he asks her to hop on one foot. And she does so. And then he asks her to bark like a dog. And she's like, woof, woof. Well, actually, no, she starts barking like a little dog. Uh, Arf, arf. And then he says big dog. And she goes, woof, woof. So now she's hopping uh, on one foot. And then the king comes in. And he's like... Ah, you guys are getting acquainted. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty funny. The the king is totally happy for his son, but um, you know, little does he know this. He's basically he's just testing her to see if she's just going to do whatever he says, and this isn't what he wants. Uh, they continued this talk outside of the uh, of you know I don't know if they have a castle or, uh, but basically outside probably their backyard where they have uh, you know all these other animals, but this is where. Akeem tells the king that he wants to, uh, you know, find his own bride. And, you know, the king takes it as that uh, this is his last hurrah. He wants, he thinks that his son is, uh, wants to sow his royal oats. 
Did you have any opinion on this talk at all? or? No, not really. Okay. Uh, so after this, uh, Semi and Akeem, they're, they're in what appears to be the library. And um, Akeem is saying, all right, we're, we're going to go to the U.S. and we're going to go find a queen. And uh, Semi's like, you know, how, how do we find some, someone in such a big uh in such a big land. And so they flip a coin between, what was it, L.A. and New York. Yep. Okay, and they get New York. Mm -hmm. And so they open up the book, and they just kind of, you know, just they're pointing around, and then they find queens. And so now we get to uh, to the arrival of queens. At the airport, they, uh, you know, they're, they're still wearing their garb, right? They don't really look like royalty, but they definitely don't look like they're from New York. And uh, Akeem even tells Sammy, you know, we, we are uh, regular Americans, and nobody needs to know that we are royalty. Africans. Or just regular African students. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the the camera pans behind them, and there's probably like 12, you know, suitcases being wheeled out by a bunch of uh, uh, guys from the airport. And um, so then they, you know, whistle, whistle for a cab, basically. Well, n not whistle, but uh, Akeem steps out into the middle of the street and gets a, uh, a taxi cab to stop. And there the, the taxi asks you know, where they want to go. And Akeem is saying that he wants to go to the most common of places. And, um, the taxi cab driver, he obviously knows that they have some kind of money. It's like, Oh, you guys need to go to the Waldorf or something like that. And, you know, even Sammy's like, no, that sounds good. That's where we'll go. And Akeem's like, no, we are common African students. And so, uh, the cab driver takes them to the crappiest place of, Queens there can be. Yeah, well, I've never been to Queens, but this 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 street is just uh, you, you know you, you got homeless people you know trying to stay warm uh, in you know with the barrels of fire. It, it's just anything. You see, it's it's very cliche, very tropey. Anytime in a TV show or a movie you go to somewhere somewhere poor, this is what you imagine, right? So um, so their their luggage is has been unloaded and they are greeted by the uh the manager to go see see their room but at the same time their luggage is being stolen by all the neighborhood people and and then you hear all this shouting coming from a barber shop um Prince Akeem even is like, hey, look, real Americans. And they don't go in there, but but we get to go in and then we get to meet the barbershop patrons. Okay, you got you got uh, Mr. Clarence. Mr. Clarence, right? He's the barber. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a quick. Um, I don't even say cameo. It's a cameo. Okay, you got Cuba Gooding Jr. getting his haircut. He doesn't have one word. But uh, this guy, do you know him at all? No. Okay. Um, he was in Daddy Daycare too. Uh, he played the Eddie Murphy role. Oh, okay. Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay, so he's. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot more other movies that you're not too familiar with, or that you haven't seen at least. Um, he was in Jerry Maguire, right? So he was in there. Um, uh, he did a movie with uh, Robert De Niro uh, called uh, Men of Honor. So uh, there's a bunch of movies that I do have that you haven't seen yet that he's in. But but he he at that time he was a nobody. He this might have been in his first role really, um, but he does go on to do um, some some movies. 
So here we again we meet Mr. Clarence, uh, who's played by Eddie Murphy, and we got uh, an older white Jewish man also played by Eddie Murphy, and then we got this other guy who is if anyone's seen Barbershop, he's basically the I would say the um, he's kind of like Cedric the Entertainer, uh, who played a you know old guy in that role who's just kind of didn't really cut hair, he was just in there. So Arsenio Hall is just this guy who seems to be eating most of the time, you know, just sitting in the corner, and they're just uh, you know they just they're just running their mouths and talking jokes. Uh, so they're. They're hysterical. You know, anytime you see them, they're really funny. Um, but right after that, uh, the manager, the apartment manager, takes them up to their room. Um, and Eddie Murphy, uh, Prince Akeem, he just, he, he wants, the, you know, the crappiest room. And, you know, he's just really trying to play this role that they are very poor. So the, the manager takes them upstairs to this room who was last... Um, the, the last tenant was blind, right? So they're outside the windows, like a brick wall, and apparently he had been murdered because there's like a chalk line on the ground, and his his dog died too. They even had a chalk line for his cane, um, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, what you what you think about his room? I thought it was, you know, really. Like like the neighborhood, really crappy. <laughs> yeah. Um, there wasn't even a bathroom in there. They had to use a public one. Right. That was, you know, just stinky and muddy all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and after this, they uh, we, we cut to them coming out a... Uh, they they're coming out of a store and they're wearing like you know the New York Giants clothes and New York Knicks. So they're they're trying to blend in. Um, so they're wearing all this all this garb, and and then as they're coming out on TV, you get the uh, Soul Glow commercial, right? And we'll find out why this is you know any has any significance to it. But he's looking at the Soul Glow commercial, and there's this guy with this uh, you know the Jerry curls and the hair is real shiny and curly and kind of long. Eddie Murphy kind of grabs his tail. He's got this long rat tail on the back of his head, and it's kind of like, hmm, you know, you see him kind of thinking, like, should he change his hairstyle too, you know, now that he's trying to blend in. Um, so he goes to the barbershop, right? So we, we already met uh, Mr. Clarence and all of them. But uh, so he comes in and, and you know, th- there's a Soul Glow um, ad hanging up on the wall and he points to that and is like, you know, can you make me look like this? And Mr. Clarence like, you know, what did you want to do that for? You know, your hair looks good. It looks natural. It's like uh, Martin Luther King hair, you know? And, uh, so he sits him down and he's like patting his head. He's like, like damn, what, what, what's, what's that? Kind of, some kind of weed? And, uh, uh, Prince Akeem's like, no, you know, it's just, um, berry juices and whatever. So it's all natural. And so, um, all, all Mr. Clarence does is you know, cuts his tail off and said, that'd be $8, you know. Um, so after his haircut, uh, there's kind of a montage. Um, because Akeem asks Mr. Clarence, where's the best place to meet a woman or somewhere like that? And they're like, oh, hey, go to, go to a bar. And then, you know, it, it cuts to them in a bar looking for women. Okay, okay. That part I might, I might have forgotten. But um, so, so it is 
kind of a montage. And usually when I think of a montage, it's, it's a bunch of things that they're doing, you know, with music in the background. Usually no dialogue, but all this is is dialogue. So it's like a montage of uh, speed dating, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go through a few women. Uh, they go through a, a devil worshiper. They go through an alcoholic, uh, a girl that's a gold digger. A soon-to-be widow. Apparently, her husband's like on death row or something. Uh, there's a Siamese twins. There's a girl that's in the group sex. Uh, this, let me see. Joan, I wrote Joan of Arc here, so I guess a, a girl. She said she was Joan of Arc in her previous life. Uh, rapping twins, aspiring star, and a tranny who is uh, played by Arsenio Hall. Um, would you, did you have any thoughts on that? I, I thought that was hilarious, really, because um, seeing uh, an actor, a guy actor, of all things, inside a woman's dress like that, and, um, you know, the dialogue that she says to those two, and what uh, Semi's reaction was just made me crack up. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty funny uh, reaction that he had there. So they kind of go back, and they run into Mr. Clarence just closing out the barbershop, and he actually suggests that uh, they should go to where he's going. You know, at a nearby church, they're having a black awareness rally. Uh, so it cuts to um, this... Uh, what is he, basically a preacher played by Arsino Hall. Um, So he's, you know, they're having Black Awareness Month and they are kind of, I don't know if they were, there there was like a a beauty pageant kind of going on. And we also get to meet uh, Randy Watson. This is probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. Uh, But Randy Watson, what we kind of get from this scene is that he is a, a local artist i would say from from the community uh and obviously the community thinks he is garbage because they don't think he's any good so the preacher uh he introduces randy watson the only guy clapping is one of the guys from the barbershop and you know he's just clapping like oh that boy's good and he's like, oh, you must be crazy here you know uttered by uh, mr clarence there so so you got one guy that's actually applauding him and uh, you know everything else is just like kind of um scattered claps so randy walk- watson walks up and then it's eddie murphy with jerry curls and they uh you know he introduces his band sexual chocolate and they play their rendition of uh whitney houston's greatest love of all so during the song, uh, you we get uh, the introduction of the McDowells. Um, you you see what kind of looks like McDonald's, right? It's an establishment mm-hmm. owned owned the, by by the McDowells, and you see uh, the Mister McDowell who is I forgot his first name. Um, Arthur or something like that. No, no. it's not Arthur. Cleo. Cleo. Cleo, but it's 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 not. Uh, He's basically called Mr. McDowell, and that's what he's referred to until he, you know, until way later on. But uh, Cleo McDowell, so we get the introduction of him. We also get to meet the little sister, uh, Patrice. Uh, later on, we see Lisa, who's the older sister and eventual, uh, the, the eventual love interest. She is part of the, um, you know, the what's going on on stage, so we don't see her yet. But we do meet those two, and we get to see their, their you know, little fast food chain that they have there. So um, Randy Watson finishes up singing, and he does the little mic drop, and there's no applause, and you get the one guy from the barbershop, you know, he's just, uh, um, you know, just clapping away. Uh, really funny scene. So Lisa steps up and she is, uh, you know, giving a little speech about um, donations and how that will go to the community and, you know, for the arts and for the kids. Uh, and that was the purpose of the song sung by Sexual Chocolate. 
And there's a line that uh, she says that I really like. Um, she says, uh, although, the, and I'm obviously paraphrasing, but she says that um, they, they wouldn't mind the, uh, the the money that jingles, but they prefer the ones that fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just to kind of ask people to, you know, just give a little bit more, uh, basically, and not just pocket change. But, uh, you, you know, you see the donation basket going through the uh, the trio from the barbershop. Uh, the Arsenio Hall character, he drops a piece of uh, chicken in there and is like, no, donation, donation. It's like, I thought it was a trash. <laughs> so that was a pretty funny scene. And then uh, you see uh, uh, this guy in the front seat. We, we don't meet him yet, but, you know, him and Lisa keep exchanging eyes. So you kind of figure that they're together. Uh, but you see this, uh, when the donations come come to him, he just passes it on. He doesn't put anything in there. So you already kind of know what kind of guy he is. And then it shows um, Akeem and Semi, and there's come. And uh, Akeem, he's just, you know, he's just mesmerized, right, by how pretty Lisa is. And he's just he's just staring at her. And, you know, he's uh, hand gesturing down at the donation basket, basically telling Semi, hey, you know, put the money in here. And Semi pulls out this money clip with a, a pretty big bankroll of money. And uh, Akeem takes it all and just puts it in the basket and passes it on. Sammy's just like, well, okay, wow, that's, that's a lot of money. Um, and and that's pretty much the, the end of that scene. Uh, the next scene, we see Sammy and Akeem at McDowell's. And they are out there with the, with the owner, Mr. McDowell, and he's kind of giving them a rundown about the restaurant and, uh, you know, the comparisons between him and McDonald's. And apparently there's something going on, you know, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a lawsuit or something legally is going on right now as far as like patent and copyright and what have you. But uh, he's telling them, explaining the differences between the Golden Arcs and Arches, the Big Macs, Big Makes, and all just, just the kind of different things trying to sh- um, you know prove to them that, that they're not copying McDonald's. Um, did you have any thoughts on this? When, uh, when he keeps on explaining it to them, it makes me think that... Uh he thinks, Mr. McDowell, that Akeem and Semi are sort of undercover cops and that he, you know, he keeps trying to prove those differences. Well, that that's possible. Um, but if, let's, let's say, let's just say that he was copying things from McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? You want to play the game and you want to, you know, anybody you talk to, you have to basically give the same story, right? Um, And this is his story that, well, I'm not copying. They just happen to be coincidence that they're similar in some way. So, um, again, maybe he thought that, but uh, I I think we're reading too much. Yeah, sure. No. Um, So inside, uh, he's... So inside, he's kind of showing them around, you know, asks them if they know how to uh, how to mop. And he gives them the mop bucket, and Eddie Murphy just starts mopping away without even taking the mop out of its bucket. So he's just wheeling it around in circles, and uh, Mr. McDowell, uh, actually, the, the expression of both of their faces, Sammy is kind of leaned over with this uh, smirk on his face, kind of like, eh, yeah, we could do this, right? And, you know, Mr. McDowell is just like, oh, God, you know, who, who do I got to work with here? And so... Shortly after that, you know, they're they're already both in uniform, and 
Akeem is mopping around the office and he sees Lisa working in the office and he's kind of going back and forth, um, probably trying to get her attention. But uh, he comes into the office and introduces himself, you know, Lisa and Akeem. And um, he is in charge of the trash and asks if she has any, but she doesn't. Um, so he's trying to break the ice and, and uh, you know, before he leaves the office, he's basically saying, um, you know, when you think of garbage, you think of Akeem. And that that's pretty much the end of that. And then it cuts to outside of uh, the McDowell's, and then you see this, you know, nice cars, Daryl driving, and you got the theme to uh, Soul Glow playing uh, as he's pulling up to the McDowell's. And so he comes in to see Lisa, and, you know, she talks to him a little bit. She says that there was a large amount of money in the collection, and uh, he kind of takes credit for it. He doesn't really, you know, he's kind of like, well, uh, and she's like, I thought that was you. So he takes the credit, didn't really say it was him, but she assumed it was. Um, and again, just, you know, kind of shows us the kind of guy he is. Right? Yeah. So Eddie Murphy goes back to the barbershop. Uh, I mentioned earlier that he wanted the whole Jerry Curls thing, so I guess it was actually in this scene. Um and, you know, they kind of figure out that he wants to to do his hair differently for the, the uh, for a lady. And they go, well, you know, if, if, if you want to get good in with the lady, you got to get in good with the father. Right. So now we get uh, we go back to McDonald's and uh, Akeem walks into the office um, and he is basically trying to start a conversation with Mr. McDowell. And he's like, oh, did you watch football last night? And he's like, no. And he goes, well, the... Uh... Oh, the Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking a pigskin ball through the Big H. <laughs> it was a most ripping victory. And uh, Mr. McDowell said, son, if you want to keep this job, stay off the drugs. <laughs> so... Uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, Louis Anderson, um, you, I'm pretty sure you don't know him. He is a, he's a comedian, um, from that era. Pretty funny guy. He had his own show, had his own cartoon. Um, uh, but he's, you know, he's got a small role in here and, um, you know, he, he says that the, you know, the rich guys get the girls because we see Daryl and Lisa, you know, they're, they're walking by and, uh, they, they're leaving McDowell's. So after saying that, he asked, you know, how do you even compete? So the next scene, we see uh, we're at the McDowell's house, and Lisa, she's, I don't know if she's doing, she, I don't think she's doing homework, I don't think she's still in school, but she's she's doing something, I think she was reading, uh, Patrice is dancing to some music, and uh, the doorbell rings, and then she answers the door, and there's a package, uh, you know, being delivered to Lisa, you know, she says she'll sign for it. And off the top, you, you already got to know that this is something pretty big that she's signing for, right? Because you got some some guy in a suit that uh, is delivering the package, and he's even being escorted by the police. So she comes in with this package, and Lisa's like, oh, what's that? She's like, a package for you. And she starts opening herself, and Lisa's like, well, that's mine, and, you know, takes it. Um, she opens it up, and it's a pair of earrings, right, ruby earrings. And... They know that it's expensive, but they, you know, they they don't say how much yet at this point. Uh, and the next scene, Akeem and uh, Sammy, they're both cleaning the windows. Uh, Lisa walks by. Was she with Patrice? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she was. Um, but but they see the earrings there. Then Sammy drops the line, you know, that it was worth five hundred thousand uh, dollars. So inside the McDowell's. Lisa introduces Akeem to Patrice and asks if uh, she would like to double date uh, to a basketball game.
So now we're at the at the Madison Square Garden. You're familiar with this arena? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Okay, so um, they're at the Ma- uh, Madison Square Garden, and Daryl is being really mean, right? He's uh, mocking Akeem about coming from America or Africa, and he's asking if you know, oh, do you guys play chase the monkey and um, Hakeem's like, no, you know, we play football, but here you guys call it soccer. And, um, and Daryl even says like, oh, you know, I, I, I don't call that a sport, a real sport, you know, involves men using their hands and, uh, what have you. So yeah, he's just really trying to, um, his demeanor towards Akeem's just, just very unwelcoming, right? And, uh, Patrice, she's, you know, she's got her hand under Akeem's jacket and, you know, yeah. Usually, uh, if you if you are watching this with your kid, they're not going to really get that. So. Well, yeah, I, I'd ho- I'd hope they wouldn't. Um, for, probably for the longest time, I don't think I got it too. I really thought she was just uh, massaging his thigh or something like that. So we'll just say that she was massaging his thigh under the jacket there. Just if the um, kids ask. So. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Akeem kind of gets up and says, oh, yeah, yes, yes, and it's halftime, and he uses uh, this opportunity to kind of go go to the restroom. Um, and then it cuts to Akeem waiting in, uh, in a pretty long line, waiting to go into the restroom, and then this vendor, he walks by, passes Akeem, and kind of stops, does a little double take, and he comes by. And apparently, he is a loyal citizen from Zamunda. So he's on his knees, and he's like, oh, you know, uh, you're a royal highness, and things like that, and everyone around is just kind of looking, and like, oh, what's going on? Who's this guy, really? And that, uh, so... So pretty awkward for Akeem, right? So now he's trying to head back to his seats, and um, before getting very far, he is a uh, uh, he runs into uh, Lisa and Daryl again. But then that uh, loyal citizen comes back with another guy and asks to take a picture. So um, so there there Akeem is, you know, posing with this guy, and uh, they're taking a picture, and uh, Lisa's just got this look on her face, like, oh, what was that about? He's like, oh, just some man I met in the bathroom. Um, and then, the guy's like, um, this is an experience I'll never forget. Right, I'll cherish this for the yeah. rest of my life. Um, so, yeah, it was just, uh, it was just Amanda he just met. So the next scene, we're back at McDowell's, the restaurant, not the house. And uh, Lisa and Daryl, they're sitting there, and he's basically trying to get her to quit her job. Um, apparently, he's well off that uh, he can probably support her, I guess. But, uh, you know, she doesn't really give him an answer. Um, I think she... Gosh, see, my notes are so so vague right here. Try to help me fill me in when I'm talking about this. Okay. So, um... Akeem comes by and she asks him to sit down. You know, Daryl goes over to the counter to try to get some coffee. Uh, so she asks him, you know, take a little break, sit down with her. And, um, you know, she's really trying to ask him more about himself. You know, she's very fascinated with him, right? And he's mm-hmm. just basically saying he's just, a you know, an average person. And, you know, she throws out, well, you know, you, you, you quote Nietzsche and uh, something about flying, Um so, well, I, well, I wrote down about flying, but uh, I didn't. My, my notes too vague here. But uh, anyway, we get a cameo here from Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson right? Uh, who a lot of kids know as Nick Fury, um, in a lot of other movies. But anyway, this is uh, one of his earlier movies uh, before he made it big. Uh, he comes in swearing like he always does. Do you? 
Do you know that's the thing? That yeah, Samuel, I know that's the okay. thing because you know snakes on a plane. I think right. Um, but anyway, so he comes in. So he's robbing the store, and Akeem is off in the distance. You know, he's got his uh, mop. He kind of unscrews off of the uh, the mop head, and Sammy, you know, across the way, he kind of sees what uh, Akeem's doing, right? So he's kind of preparing himself. You got Daryl who uh, kind of hid behind the counter, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, so Akeem kind of approaches him, he's like, "Hey, you know, please uh, refrain from using, you know, language." And um, you know, he's basically telling him to, to to just leave. And you know, Samuel gives him the big "f you," and uh, Akeem sweeps him off his feet, literally, not figuratively. <laughs> and uh, you know, Akeem, no, not Akeem, but Sammy, you know, catches his gun. And now you got uh, the robber on the ground. And uh, what what does Sammy say? Uh, freeze, freeze you, you rhinoceros pizzle. You disease rhinoceros. Oh, okay, disease. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what a pizzle is, but um, <laughs> sounds like a Snoop Dogg uh, slang. But anyway, so you, you you cut to Mr. McDowell, you know, congratulating the boys for um for for stopping the robber. <laughs> Said that he'd already been hit five times yeah. by the same guy. So that's pretty funny that. Um, They've yet to bulk up on security or do anything to prevent this guy from even coming in. But mm-hmm. uh, um, so he asked, uh, you know, he asked them if they had any plans this Saturday and invited them to come over for for a little shindig. Um, so uh, Prince Akeem think, uh, thinks that this is, you know, finally that they're being treated as equals. Yeah. And then it cuts straight to Saturday night, and they're wearing uniform, <laughs> being asked to uh, help out with the party, not really to attend it. Um, so Sammy's the valet, and so so now he's kind of left outside to, you know, to be the valet. And Mr. McDowell takes uh, Akeem inside, and, you know, he's showing him around the house. He's like, hey, you know, in 20, 30 years, you can get a house like this. And uh, Akeem's like, you know, says that, that that would be nice. So Akeem is there to bartend. So at the... At the bar, Daryl goes over to Akeem to kind of doesn't even uh, compliment on compliment him on taking down the robber. Right? He's just like, yeah, you know, I would have done something too if he, you know, this and that. And um, he kind of looks over at Lisa and it's like, you know, uh, he he gives an advice to Akeem's like, you know, um, men need to take charge. Uh, you know, the girls like that. And then at this point. Um, Mr. McDowell kind of, you know, quiets the the party and has an announcement to make. Has Daryl come up, and he announces that uh, not this is not only is this just a regular party. This is actually uh, turns out to be an engagement party. He says that Daryl had asked Lisa for her hand in marriage, and that she said yes. But we see Lisa's face that she is obviously surprised and upset that it was announced that she said yes because she probably did, you know, no such. Yeah, she she looks pretty pissed off. She does. And so she asked to speak to him. Yeah, she's not happy. So now we cut to her outside being on the swings alone. And Akeem, you know, probably saw her leave. So he went out to follow her. And he's basically there just to be her uh, ear to listen to. Right? So she kind of vents to him. You know, pretty quick, uh, quick scene there. And then the next scene... Um, Sammy's still sleeping and Akeem's getting ready for work and Sammy's not even trying to get up. They have a little fight about, uh, you know, their working and living conditions and Sammy's basically fed up that they are living like a peasant. And, you know, Akeem even tells them to fix up the place. So, 
uh, Akeem and Lisa, they are uh, basically trying to go on a date, and he says that he can cook for them. So they go get groceries, and they come back to his place to find it that Semi really cleaned up the place, right? He's got a hot tub in there. There's a bunch of neon lights and TV, and so it doesn't look like anything. Um, it, it doesn't even look like they're poor whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so before Lisa even gets to go in, Kim comes back out. It's like, no, we can't go in. There's a big rat. And Lisa just thinks that uh, it's an excuse because he doesn't want her to see how you know poor um, his apartment really is. So they decide to go uh, out to eat instead. See, it's, it's kind of a mixed-up storyline because usually in a regular story... If you're royalty, you want to, or if you're not royalty, you want to try and make it that you look like it. So, in in another universe, uh, say um, Akeem wasn't royalty, he would say, "Oh yeah, I'm royalty." So he would try to prevent Lisa from seeing that he's not royalty. Yeah, it's so kind of mixed up. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, he it kind of shows the kind of person he really is, mm-hmm. right? Because most royalty, they are royalty. Akeem turns 21 and he wants to find he wants to find his own bride. He wants to find a woman that will love him for him, not one that was raised to love him. He wants her to have her own um you know opinion on matters, opinion on things, opinions uh, about him and herself. So he wants a woman that is her and that will love him for who he is and not for what he is, right? Mm-hmm. So she want he wants her to love him not because he has the money, not because he can whatever. It's because she he wants her to be able to love him um, because that she would believe that she, he is the one that can support her and be, you know, somebody who's strong enough to love her and, you know, all that good stuff. So it's a good moral story mm-hmm. um, is what we're kind of getting out of this. Oops. So after dinner, they're, uh, you know, they're kind of walking by and Akeem had taken – this wad of money out of his apartment uh, earlier and he put it in a uh, you know in kind of a brown bag and there was these two homeless guys uh, just laying on the ground sleeping and uh, Akeem kind of bends over and gives them the bag and kind of wishes them well do you know the significance of the scene not exactly but i do know that it's a it's a cameo of some sort yeah it's a cameo by um the R- mortimer and uh, R- was it randolph or randolph yeah, I, th- the, I think it's randolph but uh, anyway they it's been a long time since i've seen it but these two guys they are characters from a movie called trading places where uh they uh made a bet um and it involved Dan Aykroyd and also Eddie Murphy. So John Landis uh, actually also directed that movie, and I think it, beca- uh, it came out the year prior to this. Uh, I'm not certain, but anyway, so so that's kind of a um, you know kind of a nod to that movie, right? Because uh, at the end of that movie, they they ended up being poor. So um, this is kind of Eddie Murphy giving their money back. So um, just kind of a kind of an, a, a nice nod for those that know uh, that movie. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis is in that one too. Is that a female? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she was in. Uh, why I brought that up because you know I'm a uh, you know I'm a avid listener of um, Sweep the Leg and uh, friends of the podcast Mike Masunas and uh, Jameson Rabbit both just did. Um, Oh, uh, what did they do? True Lies, and that also had Jamie Lee Curtis. So, oh, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, I usually do a little connection kind of thing here and there, but uh, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, 
basically the rest of the night there uh it's just lisa and akeem talking you know she she's talking about how the people in africa must love him and you know he says that he's just a goat herder and um there's a point where you know they're about to kiss and um you know she says you know what about patrice and what about darrow whatever you know they share a kiss and you know basically this is the point where they uh they kind of fall for each other um well she she falls for him because he's right because he's already loved her yeah um so we we go to the next scene. Sammy is at what I'm assuming is uh, some type of a uh, Western Union kind of place, right? He's trying to get a message uh, over to Zamunda requesting more money. Um, he first asks, how much does he ask first? Twenty two hundred fifty or half a grand, I think. And then no, like, half a grand is five hundred dollars. Um, I mean, half a mil. Half a million. Well, anyway, he gets all the way up to one million, right? Uh, he does ask for. I forget. He starts kind of low, yeah. but the uh, the well, I don't know what she's called the cashier, the clerk. The clerk? Okay, yeah, she's. Uh, I don't know if she's just like, are you serious right now? You're really asking for this kind of money? Kind of like she doesn't believe he. She thinks he's crazy, is what mm-hmm. I'm thinking, right? She's like, oh, why don't you just make it a cool million? So, so yeah, so he asked for a million dollars. Obviously, it seems like five bucks or something to him. Yeah, um, and then so he's back at home and uh, at their nice apartment, and Patrice comes by. So she walks in and she sees all their things, and she's like, "You know what's going on here? You, you guys can't afford this stuff." And um, he, I forget how it ends, but it kind of cuts to him like looking sort of. Okay, so he doesn't explain it yet. Yeah. Okay, all right. So we so we're not getting there yet. Okay, so so it cuts away, and then now you got a keem. Um, he's uh, walking home, and he's obviously on cloud nine. He's just you know he's singing. He's singing the song that they were dancing to, uh, and everyone's shouting at him from the windows. Uh, totally, you know, I don't want to say that's exactly like New York, but in a lot of movies, it's it's very cliche you know uh, uh that, that new yorkers are always shouting out their windows um so yeah kim's being shouted at basically being told to shut up and so so akim uh, walks into his room and he, you can tell he's about to tell sammy about uh, about his night but, but he interrupts sammy and patrice making out on the bed and so so they, they're interrupted obviously so they get up and and you know she she you know is walking out of the the room and she and she says that uh don't worry her uh, his secret is safe with her you know and uh, so she leaves and the king's like uh, what's that about and and he says that uh oh i think she called him my prince right mm-hmm. okay so yeah so akim asked what that was about and says if you're the prince then who am i and you know, he says, uh, my servant. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so so that's how that ends. It, it kind of made me think also that Patrice was sort of a gold digger. It could be. Uh, actually, no, I'll, I'll take that. Um, because she obviously wasn't interested in Semi. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that she thought Akeem had any money before when she was interested mm-hmm. in him. But but now, uh, you know, from moving to Akeem to Semi is, is because Semi's the one who's got the money. He's got the power, right? Supposedly. Supposedly. Um, so, so next we got uh, Mr. McDonald, Lisa, and they're talking about Akeem. And, you know, he's like, you know, he's poor and Daryl's rich. So, so we know what Mr. McDonald's about. It's not really that um, Mr. McDowell's about the money because he's fine on his own, right? He's got his own food chain and stuff like that. 
this is his daughter. Okay, so he wants his daughter to be well off. So he, at this point, he thinks that Akeem is poor, that he will not be able to support Lisa, and that Daryl has the money to do so. So. Um, because I think when I was younger, I was just like, oh, God, you know, her dad just, you know, he, he, he wants the family with the money. But um, now that I'm grown up, this is the way I'm seeing it. Uh, and it does make more sense uh, later on. That, that was my first thought that he was only interested in the family with money because, you know, they had money. Yeah. And, you know, no, to, no fault to his acting. I think he kind of plays it that way, too. But the material there in the script and stuff like that, I think that, you know, th- that's the way. Um, I'm seeing that it's it's not about the money. It's about his daughter being taken care of. So now uh, Akeem, you know, called the manager shows up and he's like, "Wow, you know, look at all this stuff. It's not hot, is it?" And I don't know if you know that slang, but just from the context of that, you know, conversation, you stolen, stolen, exactly. So, um, so. Uh, Akeem had, uh, I, I guess Lisa was going to come over and he didn't want her uh, to see him living like that and asked, you know, th- that they switch apartments. And he's like, yeah, um, and I'm going to censor this, obviously, but the manager's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you take my room. It's a real crap hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll love it. And uh, so, so they switch rooms. Okay, so now the royal party, they arrive uh, at where Akeem and Semi are staying. Uh, they even have police escorts. They walk into the room, and the manager's in the hot tub. And, uh, you know, the king's like, well, you're, you're not Akeem? And he goes, I know that. <laughs> so even with the way the, the king is dressed, yeah, he, he looks royalty to me. Mm-hmm. And um, But this just shows, like, how, you know, the kind of guy the manager is. He, he's like, I, I don't. I don't care like who you are. <laughs> you know, he just, he just walks in like, yeah, I know that. I'm not the prince. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the king's walking around and he sees that uh, there's a plaque up on the wall. You know, Akeem had made employee of the month. And it's like, what is this McDowell's? And uh, the manager's like, well, I think that's where he works. And the king's just totally upset. It's like, my son works. And everyone's just, you know, got this reaction on their face. Like, oh, ooh, he's about to go off. Um and so, anyway, so they go to McDowell's, and was it Louis, the, the uh, you know, the heavy white guy, right? I, I don't know if, is he, so. is he given a name? No. I, I don't remember if he's given a name in the movie, but Louis Anderson, okay? Uh, he says that there are some people, uh, oh, he goes to see Mr. McDowell's, like, there are some people here to see you. Um, but what we get to see really quickly was that he was looking in a McDonald's operations book, um, <laughs> kind of solidifying that he was, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, taking ideas from them. But anyway, he's like, yeah, they're not, uh, from McDonald's, are they? And, and he's like, I don't think so. And so, so he goes outside and, you know, there they are standing at the counter. Um, and he is looking for Akeem and, uh, he says that, you know, he's a king. He says that, uh, you know, a king is the prince. And Mr. McDowell is kind of like, oh, uh, you know, I think he's with my daughter, Lisa. And uh, so they, they give him $100 uh, with, you know, Akeem's face on it. You know, so now now Mr. McDowell's completely changed his mind about uh, Akeem right now. Now that this guy's wealthy and his daughter's going to be well taken care of now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of exchange information and, and uh, the king asks that he is called when uh, Mr. McDowell, you know, gets uh, Akeem back. Okay, so earlier, the uh, Akeem and Lisa, they were at uh, a museum, and they actually had to leave because uh, they were walking o- over by the exhibit where they had a bunch of, you know, things from Zamunda, and there was a picture of the royal family up on the wall, too, which he hides from her. 
But uh, so they go back home or back to his place. And once he steps out, he sees the rose petals all over the ground, and he he knows, right? He he knows that the royal family's there. Um, uh, I'm sure you wouldn't find very much uh, petals of roses there on the streets of Queens. But uh, so anyway, he's panicking, and he kind of tells Lisa that she she should go home, right? So he kind of sends her off in the taxi. He goes upstairs to find that. Uh, um, Sammy has left to the Waldorf, so he goes over there, and so they end up going back to the McDowell's home. Um, there, Mr. McDowell is acting really weird. Um, he's trying to get them to stay, but uh, Akeem obviously needs to get to somewhere, right? So at this point, Daryl is also, uh, he shows up with flowers, and uh, Mr. McDowell slams a door on him. And then, uh, you know, she's like, who's that? And he's like, oh, Jehovah's Witness. And so this kind of goes back and forth because uh, Daryl doesn't leave right away because he was called by Mr. McDowell to come on over, right? But that was before, uh, you know, he kind of found out about Akeem and stuff. Um, so he's made uh, hors d'oeuvres trying to get everyone to stay. But he also calls uh, the king over the phone and tells him, you know, that the, the, both of the kids are there. So, so he's trying to get Akeem to stay and... And then they get another uh, loud knock. Again, it's Daryl. This time, he, uh, Mr. McDowell answers the door, and he tells the dog uh, to sick him, right? So he kind of chases Daryl. At, at some point, uh, Akeem uses this opportunity to kind of leave, right? He kind of he tells Lisa that he'll explain to her later. Uh, and then Akeem goes to the Waldorf uh, where Semi is staying and um, kind of meets up with them there. And we get we see Semi, you know, he's being bathed uh akim tells him to you know to get ready they're, they're going back to queens so now we get the the royal family arrives over at the mcdowell's and uh since akim's not there mr mcdowell's trying to stall him you know lisa she was upstairs and uh she obviously thought her dad was acting weird and the way akim was acting you know she was kind of upset so she was upstairs mr mcdowell takes the king upstairs to introduce him to lisa and you know, he asks uh, Mr. McDowell to leave so he can speak to Lisa alone. He tells Lisa that uh, he has a wife back in Zamunda and that he cannot be, that Akeem cannot be too serious about her. You know, so she's like, oh, basically she's like, oh, okay, so he's got a wife. And, you know, the king says, no, you know, it's a bride-to-be. They're not yet married. And that he came to the U.S. to sow his, uh, sow his wild oats, royal oats, anyway. Um, and... Everything that he said to her, basically, um, it upsets her, right? So she wants to leave, and she even comes downstairs, and, uh, you know, she gets to meet the queen, and the queen can tell that she's upset. And so Lisa leaves anyway, and there's kind of a line dropped. Uh, Mr. McDowell starts to get, uh, uh, you know, offensive over his daughter. You know, it's just like, you know, what did you say to her? And and, and uh, you know, the king's like, you know, I, I told her the truth that, that uh, you know, Akeem could not be too serious in her and all this and that. There's, you know, a few exchanges kind of back and forth. Um, but, you know, Mr. McDowell is, is obviously offended. And the king tries to bite him off, asks Ohan to get a checkbook out and asks uh, Mr. McDowell, how much is this going to cause him for the inconvenience? And Mr. McDowell's like, you know, you're not going to buy me off. Um he drops a line like, you know, he doesn't care who he is. He'll break his foot off in his royal ass. And then uh, Akeem and Semi, they arrive, and they're both now dressed, you know, in what what they uh, uh, wore when they first got to Queens. 
and uh, Patrice comes in and you, you get a little misunderstanding because uh, she's wondering why everyone's fighting and stuff like that and and why is it such a big deal that Lisa and Akeem like each other because Sammy's the prince and everyone's like what wait what and the king's like who told you that and and uh, and you know she's uh, she looks over at Sammy and he kind of shakes his head and um, so so now Patricia's like oh you know she she always gets the good one and so so we kind of find out yeah that's exactly what happened is that uh, you know Sammy told her that she he, he was a prince and Akeem was a servant um, but uh, Akeem talks to his mom and says you know that he really loves her and she she you know she supports him like hey you know you love her go get her right and uh, the king is obviously uh, against it and uh, he says as much and then we get a you know quick scene daryl finds his way to patrice's window and then uh you know he says that uh, lisa dumped him and and now now she starts to console him and then now you know it, it cuts really briefly and you know, we're, we're kind of left to uh, assume that they kind of hook up i guess afterwards uh, but now we're on the streets of uh, Queens, and um, Akeem is—he uh, finds Lisa going down to the subway, and uh, he kind of follow, follows her down there. And you know, she doesn't want to hear anything that he has to say, but he is basically trying to tell her that, uh, you know, that that he is there to find his bride, you know, and that uh, he went to Queens to find her, and she, you know. After all this time, she just now, I guess, figures out that uh, the re- the earrings is you know was given by him. But I mean, she just just did find out that he was a prince. But I think it's kind of weird that she'd been wearing it this whole time. But uh, it's it's a pretty quick scene. They kind of um, go back and forth a little bit, and he says that he'll kind of uh, renounce his royal throne, and um, you know, she says that uh, she doesn't want him to do that, and. Um, so it kind of ends that she leaves him on the subway. Uh, she takes off and he kind of goes off in, in a different direction. And now they're uh, kind of packing up, leaving the Waldorf Astoria. Uh, Semi and Akeem are in the limo. And Semi says, uh, brighter side of things, they learn to make fries. You know, just trying to be trying to be funny, trying to lighten the mood, really. And, um, and then we get to, to see in the other limo where the king and queen are. Um, the king says, you know, even if she said yes, it's against tradition, you know, and uh, the queen says that it's a stupid tradition, and the king goes, you know, who am I to, to change it? And she goes, well, I thought you were the king. And um, and then now we cut to the final scene, right? It's uh, the it's the wedding. And you see, uh, you know, the bride-to-be, she's walking in a super long dress, very similar to what uh, Imani was wearing in the, in the beginning of the movie. And so uh, the bride-to-be, she, you know, stands next to Akeem. He unveils her, and ta-da, it is Lisa. So um, so the king had a change of heart, after all. And uh, before ceremony can even begin, they start to kiss. Uh, but you see the, the king and queen kind of look at each other, and they smile, and they obviously they are happy for their son. Uh, Oha even says that they have not come to that part yet. Um, and he keeps uh, whispering to get them to stop. Uh, and then right after that, they are on their carriage, um, you know, at the end of the wedding. And he, uh, Akeem asks her, would you have really given all this up? And she kind of looks around her a little bit and she's like, nah. And that's it. That is coming to America. Um, last and final thoughts on this movie. I liked it, um, even though it was pretty much a rom-com still a pretty good movie to watch 
Yeah, uh, rom-com. Yeah, I, I, I guess you can say that. There's definitely the uh, the romantic element to it, uh, the love story behind it. Uh, definitely funny. Uh, it is a classic of mine. It's one of my go-tos when I want to watch something funny. Uh, I do love this movie. I uh, it's one of my favorite of all time. Really, um, a lot of quotables. Uh, I give this movie a five stars. It's a pretty strong five stars. Really, it's a uh, you know, I, I basically I can't get sick of it. If it's on TV, I'll probably leave it on. You know, wait for all my, all the funny scenes. I think it's really well written, well directed. Um, haven't seen a movie quite like this in a long time. I, yeah, I give it a five out of five stars too. You know, I, I love the acting skills by um, Akeem and Arsenio Hall, and uh, I think what just really made me uh, think of a five star was all the comedy they have to offer inside their movie yeah um and you know this is still one of our earlier podcasts so we haven't really quite got the uh, the flow down so we are still trying to get used to certain things but there is something that uh, i do want to do um and you know because this is a, a podcast that's going to be primarily me and you um obviously you are still a teen and you still get into trouble so there are going to be times that uh, you won't be on a podcast it might just be me or maybe i'll have a guest host um but a lot of these movies uh that we do um is they're not always going to be rated r but uh, a lot of these movies i would like to do are ones that i watched when i was your age or uh, even younger and just kind of having uh me revisit them and seeing if you yourself uh you know like such movies um but the point is uh i also or what i'm getting to here hold on so what uh what i was referring to as far as the flow goes there is something that i do want to do on every episode is a kind of a a parental guide uh, for other adults up there, we will probably be doing it more in the beginning. I kind of forgot to do it earlier. Um, I actually remembered when we got to that uh, the the bathing scene uh, in the beginning of the movie. But anyway, this movie it is rated R. Uh, again, we kind of discussed the nudity scene earlier. It's very brief. Um, it you know shows you know uh, a woman's um, rear and another woman's. T- um, breasts right and that's the only scene uh, that we see really and then uh, as far as language this is probably the main reason why it's rated r um i wonder it probably could have been pg-13 would maybe just in nudity even if they shortened it down a little bit but anyway it's the language um according to imdb it's about 20 f words and s words uh is used many times throughout the movie so you do get those and it being an 80s movie they used a lot of the f words and it's also a eddie murphy movie and he uses those too um and i'm totally fine with you you know you've been exposed to those you know that type of language before it's a lot of other things now uh even on 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 tv you get movies that uh aren't as censored as they should be in, in my opinion especially compared to when i was your age um things a lot more things were censored back then um so violence uh let's see here there's really no violence but uh, you got the robbery scene uh, you know you got the gun there but uh let's see no drugs or usage so that's it you got a scene of nudity and a bunch of f and s words um so that's not too bad i that's why i allowed you to watch this one because i i didn't think the content was um 
uh, enough to not let you watch it. And uh, you know, again, it's it's pretty good comedy. Uh, I, I think the edited version on TV is probably fine. To be honest, I don't think it really takes away from anything. Just commercials. Well, yeah, that that's it, really. All right, let's get into some uh, listener feedback. Okay, and we actually did not have any listener feedback. Uh, this is our second recording so far. Uh, we have not even uh, put out you know, an email for anybody to uh, email to, but obviously if you have any thoughts on this movie, okay, you can email us at hlfpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at hlfpodcast, and you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hydrate level four. Uh, you know, if you like the, uh, if you like the, uh, the podcast, why don't you go to iTunes, leave us, uh, we would like a five star review. Um, and if you have any comments or suggestions, you can put it in iTunes there as well, or a review. It is optional. Uh, we also take, uh, comments and suggestions and such, um, on the email. Um, but, uh, yeah, help us out with that five-star review. That's how people are going to find us. Even if you have any, if you want to drop us down to like a three or four for particular things that we need to work on, we obviously know there are things that we're going to need to work on. It's still early on. We're brand new to this. Um, we're going to try to get used or try to limit our ums and us. So bear with us on that. But if you are going to leave us a three or four on things that we can work on, try please leave us a five, but still email us and say, hey, I would have given you a three or four based on this. And that will be something that we can work on. Um, because I know that if we even change your mind afterwards, a lot of people aren't going to go back and like rewrite a review. So keep it at five stars, please. That would really help us out. Um, so look forward to uh, you know receiving uh, some of those reviews and emails. Um, but at this point, that's all I have to say. We don't really have anything lined up. Uh, right after this recording, me and Phoenix are going to go watch a movie, and we'll see if we end up recording on that. So I'm not going to say what it is yet in the event that we don't. So um, until the next episode, again, I'm Peter. And I'm Phoenix. And we are Hydrate Level 4.